Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Here's Bill Baker. Welcome to this week's PDPW podcast. Summer days brings reflection and memories. And for Tom Thibodeau, fond memories of childhood as he shares his grandma's legacy. Well, good talking with you here today as we begin these summer days. Always gives us time for reflection, to kind of look back in terms of when we were growing up and what summer must must have been like. Um, As you get older, you begin to refer more to your childhood in terms after age of 60. I've heard it said that... uh, All of our lives are like a Dickens novel, and all the past characters and plots come into focus after age 60. After age 60, you also look back and remember fondly in terms of your growing up, particularly the years before you were 10. Childhood comes into clearer focus as well. Robert Fulgham, who is an amazing American author, wrote a piece that we read over and over again maybe 20 years ago, but it still is poignant and enjoyable today. He writes, all I really needed to know about how to live and what to do and how to be I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sand pile at Sunday school, these are the things I learned Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work some every day. Take a nap every afternoon. When you go out into the world, watch for traffic. Hold hands and stick together. Be aware of wonder. Remember the little seed in the styrofoam cup. The roots go down and the plant goes up, and nobody really knows how or why. But we're all like that. Goldfish and hamsters and white mice and even the little seed and the plastic cup, they all die. So do we. And then remember Dick and Jane and the first word you learned, the biggest word of all, look. Everything you need to know is in there somewhere. The golden rule and love and basic sanitation, ecology, politics, equality, and sane living. Think of what a better world it would be if the whole world had cookies and milk at 3 o'clock every afternoon than lay down with our blankets for a nap, or if the government had a basic policy to always put things back where you found them and to clean up your own mess. And it's still true, no matter how old you are, when you go out in the world, it's best to hold hands and stick together. How important it is to go back to the basics in a time in which we live with continual change. The new normal is that change is taking place all the time to change to change is to grow and to change often is to have grown much i just participated in a global conference on the workforce of the 21st century put on by the gallup organization and it was amazing as they brought people in from all different companies and different places in the world trying to improve the ways in which we work with each other and for each other. Pay attention to the fact that we spend 66% of our adult lives in the workplace 
and how important it is to create healthy places where people might thrive, not just survive in the workplace. And yet Gallup's understanding through its global research is that only 22% of the world's population is really fully engaged in their work. And when you're not fully engaged in your work, you're unhappy, you're stressed. It's painful not to have work that's enjoyable or meaningful, purposeful, not to say that it's not hard. How is it that each and every time we come to work, we make it a place that's worth our time and our attention? One of the real focuses right now is there's a hybrid remote work. When I do have to come to the office, when I do have to make a commute, is my time worth it? Are am I valued? Do people recognize the effort I'm putting forth each and every day to make the world a better place and the company more profitable? How important it is to pay attention to the opportunity to work. When I was a young boy in school, our our teacher, Mr. Kabicki, came into the classroom and wrote on the right-hand corner of the board, H-H-P. And all of us were kind of enamored but afraid to ask, and then finally, someone said, Mr. Kabicki, what does HHP mean? He says, it's a high honor and privilege to be able to study and to learn. It's a high honor and privilege to be able to go to work each and every day. But what is it that we're doing to create a place where people would want to thrive? How are we paying attention to our well-being, the well-being of each other, which it takes into account our career, our physical health, our social interactions, our financial health, and most importantly, how is it that our workplaces create a sense of community where people have a sense where they can belong and believe in the purpose of the work? The employee experience right now across the country is that 37% of all employees are still looking for a new job. Call it in terms of the great resignation or you call it in terms of the great transformation that's taking place in the workplace. People are looking at different places to work. And what they're looking for, and certainly is is money is, is one of those factors, but people are looking for flexibility, places in which they might be able to balance their life and their work, their leisure, their children, and their well-being with the effort that they put forward every day. In a recent study, people were asked, how many people in the workplace are also caregivers, meaning caring for somebody over the age of 18 or under the age of 18? 43% of all the people engaged in the workplace are caregivers. Of that 43%, 23% are sandwich caregivers, which means that they are taking care of people over the age of 18 and under the age of 18. Now, here is what is significant and so painful. 50% of that 23% who are taking care of people full-time over the age of 18 and under the age of 18, taking care of aging parents or very, and very young children at the same time, 50% of those people reported suicidal thoughts. Falling into despair. How am I able to do this work? How important it is then that we go back to those wonderful words of of Robert Fulgham to share everything, to stand in line, to wait our turn, to be kind, to say please and thank you, 
to take a little time to play and to rest and to stick together. People are very much concerned about their own financial well-being right now. What percentage of people are living paycheck to paycheck? New research shows us that recent college graduates, 50% are living paycheck to paycheck, living right on the edge, having to pay back student loans, having to find a place to live, pay for their insurances, both car and, and medical, having to navigate in terms of an uncertain economic future when things are changing so fast. How important it is that when we work with each other, we are aware of the burdens that each of us carries. What are we doing to recognize that everyone has a gift to bring to the organization, an organization that must be inclusive of the different gifts and abilities that everyone has to offer? We must be intentional about the well-being of one another, which includes our needs for affirmation and appreciation, our social interactions with each other, or as people call it, your social capital, in which you bond with other people individually and then bridge out to meet the needs of your community. What are we doing to create opportunities for employees that they adopt a healthy lifestyle? One of the things that we're recognizing right now, younger workers in the workplace are saying they only want to work 40 to 50 hours a week. And older people then have a tendency to say, well, they don't have the same work ethic. Well, these young young professionals and young family members recognize that when they were growing up, their parents were constantly gone because of the demands of work. And they want to have a different experience of their family life and therefore are making time to be with their children, to have family celebrations, to come home and to know their neighbors. How important this is for the health and well-being of our children, but of our nation. Work is significantly important, but work is only an expression of part of our lives. We must model the behavior of what it is to be healthy. Do bosses take vacations? Do you take a nap? Do you tell other people, these are the things that I'm doing to produce joy in my life? How important and significant this is. People need to have models of mature, happy, and healthy people who are saying, this is possible for you as well as for me. Burnout should not be the price that people have to pay for success or fulfillment in their careers. We need to build workplaces in which people are able to empower one another by recognizing each other's talents. One of the things that we know that keeps people most engaged in the workplace is to have a meaningful conversation with their supervisor at least once a week. Think back to kindergarten. How many meaningful conversations does the kindergarten teacher have with her children or his children each and every day? Those kindergarten teachers are continually engaging the lives of young people. My wife was a kindergarten teacher, and she'd have learning opportunities for children that would change every 50 minutes, 15 minutes, so that children could go from one center to another. Four different learning opportunities within an hour. The amount of work and effort it took to keep the children engaged, but years later, they come up to her in the community, oh, Mrs. T, Mrs. T, do you remember me? And she'll look at these gentlemen and she'll say, well, you didn't have a beard when you were five. And then she smiles 
and they smile because they have never forgotten the kindness that they received from this good woman when they were five and so vulnerable. We need to talk with each other more. Yes, it's wonderful to have Instagram and Twitter and certainly uh, emails overwhelm each and every one of us. But is there anything more important than having a conversation about what matters? How does this workplace serve you? What could be different to make your life better? What could we do in this organization so that you could create the best version of yourself? What are the burdens that you're carrying right now? How might it be of help to what you're going through? How important it is for us to say something rather than to say nothing in the presence of one another in our workplaces. I know for a long time we've all admired the strong, silent type, but how many times were opportunities missed to engage with one another about things that really matter? Where do you have the opportunity to tell your story? Where is that place where you know other people and they know you? Work is effort that we make each every day to make the world a better place. And we spend 66% of our adult lives in the workplace. How significant Fulgham was when he recognized that all the things that prepare us for a life of work, but a life of beauty and grace and goodness, we learned when we were five. How important it is to be patient and to stand in line. How important it is to put things back where you found them. How important it is to say I'm sorry when I've hurt somebody or offended someone. How important it is to learn some and work some and play some and rest some every day. How important it is to take a nap every once in a while, to rest, to give ourselves a break for refreshment and renewal. How important it is to recognize that each and every day is packed with opportunities for learning and for growth. Even conflict and disappointment give us an opportunity to develop levels of resilience and strength that we thought we'd never have. Tomorrow night, I'll be traveling to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for a celebration of life for my Aunt Janet. My Aunt Janet was my mother's youngest sister, five children born to Florence and Matthew Thompson, our grandmother and grandfather. Janet was the last in that long legacy, and so we're gathering tomorrow night to celebrate her life and to celebrate our heritage as a family. My grandmother Florence was born in 1899, the same year in which they patented aspirin. My grandmother Florence never owned a car. She walked to work. She took the bus. She asked friends for rides and then later in life learned to travel on the train and I think even flew to Europe on a couple of occasions. My grandmother Florence had a radio in which she would sit down with a bowl of ice cream and listen to the Milwaukee Braves game on the radio. 
Not much TV at that time. She lived a simple life. She worked hard. In 1937, her husband was killed in a trolley car accident, my grandfather Matthew, when my Aunt Janet was 10 months old. She was a single-parent businesswoman in the midst of the Great Depression. She'd get up in the morning. She'd get breakfast ready for her older oldest four and, and make, prepare a lunch. And then she'd give them over to the care of their 11-year-old son, my Uncle Dale, who took care of a, of a sister, my mother, who was nine, and her sister, who was seven, and their brother, who was three. Dale became their surrogate father at age 11. He spent a lifetime taking care of the rest of us. He was a plumber. He worked hard each and every day, making sure that people's plumbing needs were met. And then she'd take her baby, my Aunt Janet, down to the shop and begin cutting hair. And at 10 o'clock, she stopped to nurse Janet and then also had a friend who had given birth to twins and the father of the twins would bring them over and grandma would nurse three babies at 10, at noon, and 3, and 5, and then go upstairs and take care of her children for the rest of the evening. She worked hard. She made people's lives more beautiful. She took time for meaningful conversations. In the summertime, once a year, I'd go down and spend three or four days with my grandma, and I would watch her cut hair and set perms, and I would be there with a little broom sweeping up hair, watching all the conversations taking place. My grandma created a place where people were healthy and safe and connected to each other. Isn't it extraordinary? Even today, even today, how important it is that we still are there for each other. And that when we go out into the world, it's always best to hold hands and stick together and do meaningful work, good work, hard work, noble work, our work. Friends, until we meet again, thank you for the good work that you do each and every day on behalf of all of us. We are grateful for who you are and what you do. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.